Hey folks, welcome back to the DC3Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. And we are here to talk about the comics coming out on the 11th of January, 2022. Starting with Batgirls, number two, written by Becky Cloonan and Michael W. Conrad, illustrated by Jorge Corona. Um, the most important question I have here is the tape deck in their car. It's broken. It's playing All Star by Smash Mouth, right? It, it's got to be. Oh, yeah, I, I was actually... I was actually thinking the uh well, the I'm a other... believer. Yeah, that's what okay. I was thinking. I okay. thought it was Cuban Pete from the mask. No way. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Brian t- took you a beat there to realize that I was kidding about that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just thinking of the absurdity if that actually was Cuban Pete. <laughs> Well, all all they give you in the dialogue, to be fair, is the song from the movie with the green dude. Right. Yeah. Maybe they meant uh, whoever Howard Shore's score to the Incredible Hulk. I don't know. There, There is actually something that I thought before Shrek, but now I can't even remember what it was. Um, You're a mean one, Mr. Grinch. Yes. Yeah, that's it. Now, what? Um, yeah, I, I can't. I don't know. It's funny that you bring that up, Brian, because that joke is kind of emblematic emblematic of my problems with this book in general. Go off. Well, the, <laughs> the song from the movie with the green dude, you know the song. No, I literally don't. Like, you need to give me a little more than that. You need to give me more context if I'm supposed to figure out what the song is. You know what and I mean? If, if you have to think about it that much, it's not really a, it's not a joke. It's not a good joke. Point. Yeah. No. Yeah. That's again, it's exactly what we said about the first issue. It's too cute. That that's a joke if you give a little bit more context. Even and if, even if they just like said like if you saw them singing along to like and all that glitters is gold, right? Like just like give us one line of the song. Right. Or or whatever song it was supposed to be. Just give us one line. And it seems like that's better than what, what they gave us. Yeah. And I think, you know, th- that's obviously nitpicking. That's obviously such a small part of what this comic book is. But I just think that 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 is emblematic of its sense of humor. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, call me a fuddy duddy or whatever you want for not going along with the joke or, or saying that I need more than that. But honestly, like I did sit there and think to myself like well what what are they talking about and i did think of shrek but then i couldn't think of the song and it just didn't like on that level then the joke didn't work for me and you know this is just our opinion everything we say on the show is just our opinion i think that goes without saying but not not a lot of this humor is working for me and i think it's because i'm just on a different wavelength from this book i guess See, I enjoyed this issue more than I did the first issue. Um, I did too, I think. Yeah, I, mean, I, 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 I still did not love it, but I thought that this was better than the first issue for a few reasons. I feel that this issue realized it was the start of a series and so, and so started to like seed some stuff. Like we had that, that neighbor guy that's kind of creepy and they brought attention to him. And they did a decent job of like establishing what the Simon Saint situation actually is. And we get a sense of what Babs's vision for the team is and how that maybe is a little bit different than what it is for the other girls. Like it just seems like 
this issue gave me a better sense of what the Batgirl series was going to be than the first issue did, which seemed to me like a pretty by the numbers comic that didn't really hint at anything for the future. Maybe that's me being too harsh on the first issue. But that's I, what I felt. I don't think it is. I feel like I like this about as much as I liked the first issue. Um, there was a part early in this issue where they are introducing all of the saints. And I, again, I think this is just, this could be construed as me being overly nitpicky, but I really disliked how it, like, this is ostensibly Oracle, you know, telling all of this to, to Cass and Steph. And it's, it's a lot of dialogue, but it reads more like a narration, like a, like an omniscient narrator type thing, not, not like actual dialogue to a character. It, and there was, it, it took me out of the reading experience that there was so much on the page that I was reading that it took me away from the art. Like I, I read through all those pages and I realized that I didn't pick up on anything that had actually happened in the page mm -hmm. because I was like so focused on digesting this info dump about the saints. So then I had to like turn back and like, and, and look at the, re, you know, read the, the actual action of the page again. And it just didn't flow well. Um, and then, yeah, the, the, the smash mouth joke or whatever took me out um i don't i don't know this is still like a book i want to like so much more than it's it's trying then then it's really earning um i i really like the stuff with dick and babs of course i like the interplay between steph and cast i really like these characters and i love the art it's just not you know it's just not really coming together for me yeah same i i will say the best scene in either issue is in this comic and it's when Cass gets her ears pierced. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, that was a lot of fun and it was really well written. And, and like, I think the characterization was on point throughout all that. And, and I think, yeah, Zach, what you said is, is perfect about how, you know, there, there's tons of really great art in this issue. And then just the kind of the, delivery system of the of the the dialogue or the narration or or the exposition or whatever is just too much um and it, it does detract from from what should have been like a pretty fun action sequence in the beginning at the same time i definitely don't want them to do like mini flashbacks or origin like i i do like the idea of like describing what the villain's deal is while they're fighting them instead of making those two separate sequences that take up more page space. 100%. Yes. Um, so, so I'm kind of torn because I, I, I prefer, I prefer the idea of them just telling you who the villains are while they're fighting them as opposed to like something that happened with like the ghost maker backup. Uh, remember that where it would like show you flashback scenes yep. of the villains and couldn't care less about 
that stuff really. But then, but then again, this didn't quite connect either, even though it's preferable to, to that. So I, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Um, but I find myself really wanting to like this more than I do. And I love the art. I really do love the, the Corona art. Um, but that's all I can really take home from it at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think that that you're necessarily wrong about any of that stuff. I think that the the hardest thing for me with dealing with this book is just I cannot get out of my head something that popped in there when I was catching up on Wonder Woman the last time, which is as I was reading it, I just thought, I wonder if it's Clunan or Conrad who was once accused of doing too much in an issue. And have like bucked against that and now refuse to do anything in an issue. Like every issue they have written, I've felt like there's been half an issue's worth of stuff. Ever since they started on Wonder Woman last year and through this now, everything just feels like it's slowed down to a pace because one of them was given a note that this is too much for one issue. So, okay, okay, boss. And they just started doing less and less. Hmm. And I just feel like this book would be so much more interesting if all... Almost all this stuff could have happened in the first issue, and we could yeah. then we could then have moved on a little bit faster. So that's my biggest problem with it is just that everything they write is just bad and slow. Um, maybe that's an oversimplification of the problem, but that's that's how I feel about it. Um, I would also argue that Corona's art is really good, as you guys were saying, but I think it's being held back because his art seems like it's just it's dying for some motion and some action to happen to it and he's drawn he's stuck drawing them kind of standing around a lot so i just think about how much better this book could be if it was if we were playing it at two at like two speed like twice the speed like you're you know uh fast forwarding the commercials and your dvr or whatever it just seems like it's a slog it's a slog to get through and there's no reason that it should be a slog because the characters are great and the art is great. And I think there's a decent plot here. I just don't think it's being told in the most dynamic, interesting way. Um, anything else to add about this issue? Um, yeah, just that. Uh, I guess the last thing I'll say um, is that the way that this issue ended <laughs> kind of with like, the citizens of Gotham again, like turning, turning, doing like a heel turn or, you know, uh, they're being controlled by something. (laughs) Right. Exactly. I I feel like, didn't we just do all of that? Didn't like, weren't, weren't, wasn't, uh, you know, Simon Satan company just, or a scarecrow, but preying on their fears and turning uh, people against one another. And like, I, well, in, in I don't case know. you I have, I feel like I'm done with this whole thing. And, and say, it's not in, in case you haven't noticed every bat book that isn't D- detective comics still thinks we're in fear state. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think you're alone in that. Right. Except except that's the other thing that's a little bit annoying about this. It goes through great pains to like explain to you that Simon Saints 
image is just being used by a different character from that arc, <laughs> kind of, you know, by yes. the by the seer or whatever. Um, it's yeah. Mm. I yeah. I just want to move on from. I also want to move on from a status quo or an inv- an event that I didn't really care for all that much. Right. Uh, speaking of of that status quo and event, though, so I I am not reading, or rather, I am not subscribing to James Tynion's, um Substack newsletter because I, I'm not doing a lot of Substack stuff. But apparently, he does like for fairly frequently uh, notes about the Bat books, and according to uh, a little birdie, he spent a good chunk of last week's or whenever the the article was sent, basically shitting on Tom King's run without ever saying the name Tom King. <laughs> he basically said that that run made Batman into a loner and did not work at all with the other Bat books. Mm-hmm. And that's a very fine. Uh, that's a, I think that's a very fair criticism of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it's true. Aside from it just also sucking, you know. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. All right, well, let's move on to Batman Urban Legends number 11. This is the start of uh, four new stories, all of which are going at least three parts, if not six parts for two of these. Um, and let's let's just jump right into it. First, we have the Batman Zatanna story called Bound to Our Will, which is written by Vita Ayala and illustrated by Nicola. God help me. Uh, Says Messiah. Says Messiah. Good. Did you look that up or is that just a uh, your um, best guess? I looked it up the last time we talked about his art, um, okay. which would have been months ago. Yeah. So I could be getting it slightly wrong, but um, thank you, though. I appreciate that. Says yeah. Messiah. Um, so I, I actually have I think that this falls into the same exact category as Batgirls in a lot of ways where I thought the art on this was really nice. I enjoyed this art. But I think that Ayala is not giving us enough here. And it it's trying to come off as mysterious, but it just comes off, like, at least to me, it came off like I was missing something at parts. Does that, tr- does that track with either of you? Maybe. Um, I, yeah. Well, I, I was going to say, I think... Um... The thing that caught me as very strange on this is so there's this little like three page opening segment that I read and then it completely slid off my smooth brain as we get into the Justice League stuff and I get sucked into that and then that character in the lab coat appears again at the very end and I remember that that was the thing that I had read, you know, less than five minutes beforehand. Um, so that's not necessarily like a slight, I'm not trying to make that like a slight on Ayala necessarily, other than it's just like the two things felt very disconnected. Um, and we still have no context for that person. So I know, I guess for the sake of the story, that segment had to be there, but it just like really threw me off when I, when I realized that I'd completely forgotten about that. Um, it's weird how much, am I, am I mistaken? 
did the wasn't there like a Bruce Zatanna relationship thing introduced in Tiny Stack? Say that again. I'm sorry. Yeah, there it was something. I, I don't know if it was a full on relationship or if it was a flirtation. I can't remember that. But, but there was that whole like arc about them, and there was a flashback, and I I couldn't remember from this if if that was what this was referencing was that time period. So or... I I I was thinking the same thing. I want to say in that time period. Well, I want to say in Tynion's story, they had like dated as teenagers, right? That could that be. Sounds or right. young adults, yeah. maybe. Like, you know, but yeah. it, it wasn't like a contemporary story. It was a story no, that happened right. a time before. So I took this as being from that time. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which somehow is only the second weirdest thing that this book draws from. Not the story, but this book itself draws from, which we'll get to in a little while. Um, but yeah, I, I kind of took the same thing. But like, what was it just me, or did this just seem like this was too cute by half and parts, not giving us enough information? I uh, oh, go ahead, Zach. Well, I was I I didn't necessarily think that. I actually quite liked this. I think at least conceptually, there's a lot of things I like about it. I love the bit with Clark. Um, yes, and Bruce. <laughs> the shovel talk um which was so very funny to me um but it i think it is maybe a little unnecessarily obtuse um but i kind of like that i i don't mind that very much so so no i i guess i didn't necessarily think that vince um so I did. I thought that the first time I read through it, but then when I got to the end, I thought, you know, I, I really like. I like going back to a time period where maybe Bruce and Zatanna were dating or having romantic interest. I like the idea that they have to go back annually or whatever it is and face this like the, the, the concept was so good that I went back and reread the whole thing again, like basically as soon as I finished it. And the second time reading it, it went down a lot smoother, I guess, knowing what to expect, you know? And I think like, does that mean it's a weakness in the writing that it took me to two readings? Or is that just how a story works when you don't know all the details and it's not your, we talk all the time about how, um, you know, every Bruce Wayne Batman story has become ordinary to us because we've seen them all. Well, here's one we maybe haven't seen. And so I don't think it is a problem with the writing, you know, is what I what I determined uh, upon reread. It's just not a, an arena that we're used to seeing Bruce in very often. See, I, I wasn't even talking about that part necessarily. Well, so you're talking about the bookend. I, I just think in general, like, I, I am all for a story with some mystery. I'm all for a story that leaves us wanting more that maybe will make more sense in chapters two and three. I'm fine with all of that. It seemed to me like this just was kind of everything was strung together in a way where it didn't feel like it fit again, not because it was trying to leave out information. It just felt like it was cute. It was trying to be cutesy and fit together in a way that to me just didn't work. I don't know. It just, it felt very disjointed. And it felt like there were things that we were supposed to be. I don't want to say knowledgeable. That's the wrong way to put it. 
because I, I thought the thing at the end where you see the two different versions of them, where there's Batman and Zatanna and then Bruce and Zatanna, right? Like kind of like communicating with each other through the rift or whatever. I thought that stuff was great. And I don't fully understand what's happening there. And that's fine. We're not supposed to. I understand all of that. It's to me, it's just the way that all the different pieces are put together did not work for me. Hmm. See that part to me, that that was just a, a visual representation of every year that they've done this together. Right. But it, to me, it was, it, it was, I felt like it was a, like a, it, it was showing the opening and the closing, right? It was showing the beginning and the end of this, or at least the beginning and the attempted end of this. Mm, I don't know. I think that's how I maybe read it too. Um, let's see. So, because if you look at it, they're wearing they the have, clothes that they're wearing mm-hmm. in the first part, and then they're in their costumes in the second panel, and so it goes so, back and forth, right? Yeah, but then also if you look up like at the beginning of the issue or not the big, but kind of like the middle, mm-hmm. there's a similar scene. It's on page 14 in the PDF. Yes. Where there's like three different panels and they're in different costumes each time. Yes. Right. That's showing the different years right. that they've done. This. Yes, that's, that's exactly that's, that's that's doing that. But then I think the other one is like Brian is saying it's like the beginning and the end. Oh, I see. That was later then. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me. So okay. I... Yeah. 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 No. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I don't disagree, Vince. That 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 part is definitely the other years. But this part, I think, was was them trying to was them opening the rift and then trying to close the rift. I see. I see. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I am um, interested to see where this is going, though. Yeah. 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 I think that this is a a fun Justice League dark type story. I think um, Bruce and Zatanna are a pretty fun pairing. And like, I, I like this idea that they had a, you know, a romantic past that is not going to like be addressed again, but it's like, gosh, I'm so on my bullshit right now, but this is like, um, this is like uh, Connell and Marianne, you know, reuniting. <laughs> I love how our our show is uh, our show is for like uh, ten people in the world. And, my fa- and, my one favorite of, and one of them is not Brian. <laughs> well, I was gonna say my favorite part is that at any point one of us will make a reference that only the other one, only one of the other two will get, and the two of us go fall into hysterics while the third one just sits there with their thumb up their ass for. Well, for Brian, it's like when Austin is reunited with Vanessa Kensington. After- ah, okay, <laughs> got it. Yep. <laughs> no, yeah, Zach, that's. It. Sorry, sorry. Keep going with that, Zach. Uh, that was no. It's just, it's just beautiful. like fun. It, well, it's just like Zach, fun, it's, it's like moment. When, Zach, it's like, it's like when Charlie and um, Claire are reunited <laughs> in the sideways jump. Bingo. Sure, but <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. <laughs> actually, think about it. Like, uh, yeah. Does that work? The Brian's just trying to get off a joke here, but he is. Yeah. He is. I couldn't let it. Uh, but it's just, Sorry, it's when just Juliet fun. and it's... Sawyer are reunited no, on the sideways. No, 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 okay. no. When Jack it, um, and the, I'm, I'm, I'm done. They're the worst. Um, they are the worst. 
Um, it's just really like the idea of this kind of like this young love that soured, but they are still working through it. That that is a very like sweet and interesting idea that you definitely don't get in Cape comics very often. Mm. Um, so yeah, I actually, I like this. Now that I've made that connection, I like this even more. <laughs> it's like magic, normal people. Oh, I hope we get some uh, very explicit erotic stuff in the next issue. <laughs> Zach, is it is it kind of like um, when um, it, at the, in the season finale, series okay. finale of The Leftovers, um, when they Nora reunites yes. with Kevin? Okay, yes, got it. it's like okay. that. Okay. Sort there of. You, there you go. Okay, there we go. I, I had one of them had to land. That works. That works for me. Yes. I yeah, I really like this too. I, I liked it a lot. Um I'm it out of spoiler alert, out of all these uh stories in this thing, it's the only one I care to read the second part of. Um the the one note I have, which is not a note about this story or Ayala's writing or anything like that, is just like um if I never saw Constant Constantine again, <laughs> I'd be fine with that. Uh, when it cut to all the Justice League Dark members, before I even saw the panel, I could have told you, oh, there will be one of uh, Constantine saying bloody hell. Of course. You know? <laughs> yeah, I'm just I'm 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 done. That's like, you know, it's like the thing that we talk about with Suicide Squad, where we're kind of tired of the traditional Suicide Squad team. Yes. Yes. It's it, him being. And why do they keep reading it? Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Nice, nicely done. Oh, inside joke. Um yeah. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Um, bring me Blue Devil. There we go. Although he was in the team relatively recently, but that's okay. Bring me the head of Daniel Cassidy. You just yes. you just want Shadow Pact. I just want Shadow Pact, yes. yes. Yeah. Isn't it uh, funny how we'll never get a Shadow Pact comic again because we have to have Justice League Dark? Men only want one thing, and it's Shadow <laughs> Pact. Yeah, yeah. Uh. <laughs> All right. Next up, something is we probably don't want uh, is the White Witch in a story called Stigma. I had to look up who the White Witch was because I forgot, and it's from less than a year ago. It's a character from Fear State. Mm-hmm. And yeah, see, is... I even I even knew that, and I don't even read these books. <laughs> it was written by Ram V, illustrated by Anad Rock uh, Radha Krishna, and Krishnan rather. I thought that this art looked pretty good. Like it was, it's not my typical style of art, but I thought it worked pretty well for this story. But I just do not give a fuck about this. I, I guess it's kind of interesting that she trained with Bruce and Ghostmaker when they were like on their. Uh, you know, training uh, pilgrimage across the world. But I, I just, I am so tired of fear state. I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with this anymore. Sorry. Robbie. See, I didn't, I did I know this was a, a fear state thing, but I didn't even really make that connection because I just knew that this was like a Catwoman character, which um, makes sense. Why Rom V is revisiting the character again. And like, I 
I don't particularly care anything about the fact that she like trained with with Bruce and Ghostmaker or whatever. Um, but I did kind of like this issue for for or this story for a couple of reasons. One, the art is very different from what we're used to seeing in like a main DC universe book. It felt like very Vertigo esque to me. Um, and, and the premise is not particularly unique but it's still it's still kind of interesting that you know you have this um it's like very enhanced super soldier person who apparently there are like multiple clones of and each clone gets killed every time but like she retains some of the memories somehow and it's like it's metal gear solid yeah yeah it's yeah it's it's um it's that one episode of children's hospital where um (laughs) with the doctor uh what's his name keeps getting keeps being brought back as a clone um so i don't i it's like a very interesting premise for you know just a little short story i i uh, i would have said that i would be interested to read more of it until the ending (laughs) revealed it's like a bruce wayne ghostmaker thing i'm like oh okay i can take or leave this so yeah that's exactly yeah it's like oh more of this okay yeah yeah which is a shame because the, the art is good and, and Rom V is a talented writer. Man, Rom V is very talented, but often ends up writing stuff at Marvel and DC uh, that conceptually I don't care about. <laughs> yeah. And that's unfortunate. Um, I also think it's funny that, that uh, Brian makes a children's hospital reference and I make a Metal Gear Solid reference and they're the same reference really. Yes. And they work perfectly. <laughs> And they they couldn't be more different. As have, you, have, you, have you seen that Children's Hospital episode? I, I yes, but I don't remember it well. I've Rob, seen most Rob of Cor- Rob Rob Corddry's character, who's the yeah. clown doctor. Yeah, winds up being clown, and he keeps shooting himself in the head somehow. Like every, mm-hmm. He keeps like rebooting and then shooting himself in the head over and over mm-hmm. again. That sounds like something I I maybe once saw. <sighs> When I was high or something, yeah, like that. I got it. I got it. Thanks. <laughs> okay. <laughs> not even Can you make that shows? a little more clear. Yeah. <laughs> not only from this show, not even from the show's resident Chum Lord, who will go nameless. Yeah, I thought that you had never even smoked weed. What are you talking about? Yes, I. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> You've just done it a lot more than I have. No, I have not. <laughs> I was, I was, I said, I said we were going to name the Choom, we weren't going to name the Choom Lord, guys. I was going to let it be me, either Zach or me, let the listener figure it out. But Vince has gone and killed that. <laughs> everyone knows. <laughs> Why would everyone know? Haven't we joked about that on the show before? I don't know what's on the show, what's not on the show. You think I understand this stuff? Oh, man. Whatever. 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 It's Zach. Zach Zach is the tomb lord. He's the (laughs) weed lord. One day we're going to go to the books and find out the truth here. Uh, If only. If only we had the time. If only. Maybe if we stop reading the books. Yeah, maybe if we stop reading these books. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway, let's move on to something that I can't believe was published in the year of our Lord 2022. <laughs> so 
Uh, I'm this is, has something to do with copyright, right? Like they needed to. It has to. So this is a character of Eternity, and the story is called Eternity in Gotham. It's written by uh, a creator I'm not familiar with, Mahale Mashingo, Mashigo rather, Mashigo, and written illustrated by someone named Aris Dane. I don't know either of these creators. I, I that's not a knock on either. I'm just not familiar with them. But when this started, I thought, wait a second. Is this referencing that weird Jeff Lemire National Comics <laughs> Eternity number one? And then editors sure know enough. it's actually referencing that. I said it to myself as a joke, and I wrote it down thinking, LOL, I'm going to mention this to Vince and Zach, and they don't think it's funny. But nope, that's actually what they're referencing here. A like 10-year-old one-shot that was a reinvention of Kid Eternity. Which was also probably a copyright thing. Yes. Although th that National <laughs> Comics thing ran for like six months, maybe? No, it was a one-shot. I'm but, but, almost but, positive. But there were a number of National Comics one-shots. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. I'm looking this up. Someone talk about this. I'm pretty... I think you're right. Um, yeah, I I didn't know what to think about this at all. Um. <laughs> I'm actually having a hard time remembering what even happened other than uh, eternity moves to Gotham <laughs> and, and, and like it's uh, meets um, some, some strange ladies. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. Um, that's, I think that's pretty much, I think you pretty much nailed it. Yeah. Um. And the art, okay, this is tough because I, I didn't love the art in a sequential setting. Although I have seen this artist work before on covers and stuff, and I think it's quite good. Um, so I, I don't know, because I didn't, I didn't love it here, but I have liked it a lot in the past, actually. All right, we're, we're taking a quick time out here. Sure. Um, I'm going to see how many of the other National Comics characters and creators you guys can pull. There were I can't four, do a single one. There were four issues in total. Of National Comics? Of National They were all National Comics number ones. <laughs> was there right? a Rosenthorn one? There was a Rosenthorn one. Who uh, wrote I think that's the that? only one I know. <laughs> Keith Giffen. Tom Taylor wrote it. No, Tom Taylor and you're Neil, shitting me. And Neil Googe illustrated it. Oh. oh, there there was a lot of Googe back then. Yeah, there's Googe all over my face. Um, <laughs> okay. all right, there, there's who drew the Kid Eternity one with Jeff Lemire? Holly Hamner. Correct. Oh wow, wow, Correct. what a pull! Look at this yeah, sicko. I know. All right, there's <laughs> two more, and I would be shocked like legitimately shocked if either of you could pull it into i i want to say doll man and whatever but that's no that nope. was um that's that you're you're thinking of those um palmiati and gray freedom fighter movies. i am yeah. yep 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 you're right was Shit. there a sugar and spike one no that's an excellent guess i believe that was in was that in the legends of tomorrow book there that was that out? that was there yeah yeah, because that was the um, Bill Quizzevoli one. <laughs> yes. I'm pretty yes. sure. Okay. You, boy, oh boy. Any other guesses? 
I could um, I could probably guess at creators maybe. All right, let let me give you the two books and then you give me the creators. Okay. There's National Comics Looker number 1. <laughs> Wait, was was Looker was Looker a outsider's character? She was, right? super, she was a supermodel turned vampire according to this uh right up here. Yeah, but like 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 context for the care like wasn't she in the outsiders? I, or am um, I um I um hang on, I'm gonna look this up. I wanna say there was a a looker. I don't know if it's the same. I, I believe it is the same looker. Yes, yes, you're right. She's an outsider. Okay. okay. Uh there's a there's a snowball's chance in hell that you will catch the writer. I don't know the artist, so I'd be really shocked if you got the artist. Really? Yes. I was gonna guess um Ryan Sook for one of these books for whatever reason, but th- that might just be covers, actually. Uh no, no, uh no sook here. No. For the not even on covers? For the interiors. I, I honestly I'm looking at the fastest way I could find this was by Goodreads. Um and neither cover I'm looking at right now is oh shit, man. The person who did the the, the other cover is insane. But anyway, any guesses on Looker? No, I can't. I don't have it. Written no. by Ian Edgington. Oh. Illustrated by Mike S. Miller. Mm. Cover. Yeah, that was a super supergirl guy for a while. No, you're thinking of Mike Johnson and Mike um Michael. I thought Mike Miller was an artist on Supergirl at one point. Maybe I, I think you're thinking of the other Mikes from that book, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, but the cover to Looker is by Gia March, which makes total sense because it's a it's a character called Looker. Um, and then the fourth one, the final one, the character is Madam X. We're guessing the writer, the artist, and the cover artist. Madam X. I I have no context for. Oh, you guys are gonna be really interested in what Mike S. Miller is doing now. Let me guess. Uh, yeah. Is he working with a certain co-creator of Tim Drake on some sort of QAnon comic? I mean, may as well be. Uh, he's not. He's not actually working with Chuck Dixon though. Not as far as I can tell, but okay. can I can I read you this blurb here? Sure. In 2020, he launched a comic through Indiegogo called The Magnificent Seven. Oh, God damn. This comic features superhero characters such as El Rushbo and Shep Hero. That's that's Shep. Yep. Uh, dash Hero. Yep. Fighting the leftist Sorosian. <laughs> to <No>! save. <laughs> To see President Trump. Uh, In January 2019, he was embroiled in a controversy where he. uh, uh, Let's see. He announced that he owned an old Spider-Man cover rough draft that had been done by Mike Waringo, who had died in 2007. I remember this now. He proposed finishing it and making it into a cover for his Lone Star series. Oh man, this this guy doesn't sound like a cool dude at all. No, he doesn't. He no. he did some injustice. That's what I know him from. Okay. Correct. Correct. All right. Anyway, Madam X. Let's get to this. We can talk about this Shap Hero. No, Shap Hero, unfortunately, <laughs> was not did not appear in this. Um 
Any guesses on writer? The, the writer is somebody. I, I already looked. I already looked it up. Okay, well that's no fun. Vince, any ideas on the writer? Yeah. I, um, it's somebody you can get if you try it hard enough. But Tony Bedard. <laughs> nope. Uh, I I good, good guess though. It was Rob Williams. Oh. Um, the artist is Trevor Hairsign. But the cover in 2012 was by Fiona Staples. Hmm. Like she was launching Saga at this time. Was that in 2012, Saga? I think yeah. so. Yeah, Saga was 2012. Wow. Yes. Did that yeah, that's crazy to me. This came out like a few months after Saga number 1 came out. Huh. Striking while the iron's hot there, DC. I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, this is all to say that Eternity's story was a big nothing. Yeah. Uh, anyway, last story in it, Ace the Bat Hound. <laughs> it's called Hounded. It's written by Mark Russell, illustrated by Carl Mostart. This is fine. I, I didn't see. I just assumed this was a one shot because I, I didn't pay attention to the, like the number of the chapter number at the beginning of the issue. And I was... I thought that this was going to end really grimly. I was like, man, like Bruce is dead and Ace is like, this is Mark Russell. What's your social commentary here? What's going on? And then, uh, then I realized it was a six parter and I <laughs> was like, nope. <laughs> uh, but the art is good. I think most art is a very, you know, quietly esque uh, artist. Yeah. Um, not, not quite. Not quite on the level, but some some similarities there. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm interested to see where this goes. It's a weird. It's a weird story. Vince, what do you think of this? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm just not a dog person. So <laughs> says the guy. You had a dog. dogs. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's my wife's idea. Um, uh, <laughs> um no i'm i'm the, i'm not interested in this at all just that i i don't really care about ace the bat hound and nothing in this story uh really makes me care um art was good you're you're right about that that's for sure um actually mustard draws a, a really good dog i think <laughs> I mean that's a that's a that's a realistic looking dog. It looks like a dog. Um, that's about all I can say about this. I I felt like this is like I, if I'm gonna get an ace story, I don't want it to be either a serious one or a total like kid one. I think that if Mark Russell approached this more like he approached, let's say, Wonder Twins, where it's more fun than this, I'd have been more into that. But this just didn't really do it for me. Um, but, you know, it's okay, I guess. It wasn't the worst thing in the book. But that's not saying that much. Anyway, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Detective Comics and Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes. So stay tuned. 
Hello, everybody. My name is Mike. And I'm Greg. And together we are Robots from Tomorrow, a twice-weekly podcast appearing at MultiversityComics.com. Each week we take some time to check out books and shelves on Wednesday that are worth your attention. And each month we dissect the previous catalog. We also have long-form discussions about books we've enjoyed like Dan Clow's Ghost World and Jack Kirby and Mike Royer's Commanding. And if that's not enough, we also do creator interviews. Some of the talks you'll find in our archives feature Mike Mignola, Leila Del Duca, Sean Martinbro, Emma Beebe, and Greg Rucka. So that's a lot of content for everybody. Please subscribe to Robots from Tomorrow in iTunes or Stitcher so you never miss a thing. Robots from Tomorrow has hours of comic-focused entertainment week in and week out. And now, back to your show. And we are back with Detective Comics number 1048, written by Mariko Tamaki, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. Uh, Zach, I feel like you've been quiet tonight. Why don't you start us off with this? Why does he uh, always say that? He does say that a lot. Because you and I talk too much, Vince. Yeah. Specifically me. Specifically, so I me. often feel like I talk too much. I think we all are afraid we're talking too much, but probably. Yeah. I, mean, um, no I so we talked last time in the first issue. We were worried that this book was going to uh not continue where the first issue leaves off with you know Arkham Tower on fire, that we were gonna have to go back and see the days leading up to that and that that would be boring and dull and uh we 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 were correct i i against my better judgment and hopes that we are going to have to do that very thing but i didn't think it was that uninteresting i actually really kind of enjoyed um i enjoyed this issue for what it was i i am intrigued by the mystery of what's going on here of who who you know who is good and who is bad and who whose motives are what there's a lot of like subterfuge and, and intrigue going on here with Kate Kane um, masquerading as this doctor um, uh, Frau um, and Barbissina. <laughs> there's one of those jokes. It's just for two of us. I don't get it. Scott. <laughs> Zach, someday, one day, <laughs> one day you'll realize what a great reference that was. Anyway, um, yeah, I don't know. I I like this. I like the Ivan Reyes art. Um, I'm I'm intrigued. Uh, this is a good uh, post fear state palate cleanser. And I liked the backup well enough. I know we were all kind of down on it last week, but I I actually liked it a lot this week. I agree with almost everything you said. Um, I thought this was pretty good. I I do wish that this continued from where the first issue dropped off, not dropped off, left off rather. Um, but this was actually a pretty good story. I liked it. I think the, I think this is probably the most restrained we've ever seen Ivan Reyes at least in a very long time. Uh, would you guys agree with that? Yeah, sure. I, I think so. Whatever, yeah. Whatever that means, but yes. Well, I, I get, I kind of get what you mean because it's less, um, it's almost more Fabok esque to me in a way. And I, don't, <laughs> I, I won't explain what that means. No, I know exactly um. what you mean. And actually, actually funny. You should say that because there's this scene of um of uh, the 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 young doctor wears uh 
a mother freaking out with a knife. And if you look at her like running around with that knife, that looks like that could be Marionette from Doomsday Clock drawn by Gary Frank. <laughs> sure. Oddly they're, all just, they're all just blending together. Um, but like the 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 scene with uh, Mr. Freeze, like that, that felt very Faybach-esque to me. Um, mm-hmm. The scene with the fake Harley Quinn as well. Um, yeah yeah no, it's, I a agree. Lot, it's, a, it's a lot cleaner i think and, and a little bit more detailed too yeah I, I feel like a lot of times reyes and and this is not a knock on reyes just i think the reality of his artwork is that he tends to do stuff that is a little bit that, that is but that is both bombastic but also sort of i don't want to say getting messy around the the edges but i think you guys know what i'm talking about when i say that mm-hmm. like it's just yeah and I, and I feel like this is is very much not that this is a much cleaner a much neater a much more restrained as i said before version of yeah, it. yeah. well that, and let oh. let me let me offer something that that artists absolutely hate when you bring up or accuse them of or, or talk about which is like how fast they work and whether 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 they take shortcuts or whether they do uh for lack of a better word, sloppier work. Mm-hmm. Um, if they work faster, uh, you know, Gary Frank, Fabok, they do a lot less work on a yearly basis on interiors than uh, Ivan Reyes does. Right? He's always got a book going. Um, and so I think we're just used to seeing uh, more output from him, and then you know, maybe as a consequence, some of it's a little less detailed or, or, or sketchier, as you would say, you know, mm-hmm. um, whereas here, I think it's, it's, you know, for the time being, it's, it's pretty tight. It always looks good though. I think even, even like suboptimal Ivan race art is good. Yes. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I also thought that this was, um, this is bringing up like some interesting relationships with the bat family. Like I, I do, have we ever seen much with Babs and um, uh, Batwoman? Why am I blanking on her name? Kate, 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 Kate. Yeah. Have we seen Babs and Kate work together much before? I, I can't remember if there was any interaction during the tech stuff, but yeah. So uh, to me, that's, that's a really nice new relationship to uh to go back you know to, to, to draw from there and so i'm excited to see stuff like that and it seems so far like bruce isn't really involved with this which is fine by me yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm sure he'll come back but yeah um yeah i think i'm pretty convinced now that this first act like the the first four issues that reyes is doing will catch up to the end of the first issue and then like the next arc will be dealing with that part yeah See, my my and, fear is that the first i know <laughs> i know your fear. first 12 yeah exactly i know i know yeah. your fear yeah well um, for, for the time being i'm i'm gonna we'll go three for three here because i i'm gonna echo what you guys said i i really enjoyed this i think like yeah, we worried about the story structure. And I think that that's a legitimate concern because we've seen that so many times. 
where where to catch up to the interesting thing is is not the journey is not as interesting always as the right. as the big status quo shift or whatever. Um, but I think for this issue anyway, uh, Tamaki does a great job with the script. You know, a lot of this is just a couple characters talking to one another, but it's an engaging script. You know, that's the, there's nothing wrong in comics necessarily with there being an issue that's mostly talky, right? Right. If what they're saying is interesting or enlightening or well-written, right? And I think the necessary work is done to get us to understand this Tobias Ware character, um, to get us to establish the dynamic between Kate Kane and Babs and Dick and all the, the, the heroic players in this thing. All of that stuff is very necessary, and I think it's all very well done. Um, I think, you know, there's some things dropped in there that, that, that kind of bring the reader along as far as like interesting tidbits, like this smell that the Anavulsion character is smelling, particularly when, when Kate's around. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Anavulsion is quite a name. That's quite a name. Yeah. Yep. Yep. This mysterious Dr. Ocean we hear about. Um, um, yeah, it's you know little things like that 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 are going to bring us along. Um, I'm I'm very invested in all of that stuff, and and I, I I like the work that's being done here. So, um, yeah, I didn't mind that it was a, a talky issue, and it was nice. It was nice to look at too, like you said, Brian. Re- restrained work here. Um, yeah, so I I continue to be in on this one. What did you think of the backup? Oh, I didn't even read it. <laughs> should should I because I was out after the first installment and I just chalked it up that I don't really need it. There's a really nice clay face moment in it. Okay. Yeah. I, there, but do I need is. it? Oh, I don't know yet. It, ask us in two weeks. Yeah. Okay. And right. I I do think it's going to end up being important. It's it's good Blanco art. I'll it is say good that. Blanco art, yes. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. I think it was definitely more interesting than it was the first week. Yeah, I think. Um, I, just, I think I just bounce off of Rosenberg's writing. I think I. I think that's determined that. I think that's very fair, actually. But um, one one thing I want to talk about before we move on from this book is how funny I think it is that there are so many different covers for this different variants and they're like made for different types of batman fan you you have like the main cover which is um i think federici i'm pretty sure yeah no it's not federici it's It's someone someone else it's someone doing a federici thing um which i i it's doing that photorealistic thing that i just can't it's irvin irvin rodriguez can't do it i hate it it yeah. freaks me out. Um, but then you have the. There are some the people ver- that absolutely love that. I, I mean, uh-huh. they know exactly who they're going for with with that. Yeah, yeah. Then, then also on- foot stuff. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Um, so you've got that, and then like further along on the spectrum, you've got Bermeo, the Bermeo one, which right. is. For a different better, kind of sicko. But, yeah, for a different kind of sicko. And then for like my kind of sicko, you've got the Jorge Fornes. <laughs> exactly. <ones>. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Uh, which is very funny to me. Um, but um, I like it. Like it's a good, good uh use of variance, I think. You're you're hitting you're hitting your different uh demographics very well. Yeah. Uh, so I had one thing I forgot to look up. Um, and I want to I'm gonna look it up now. Uh I don't believe it's it's the case. No. So there was a character in uh the old Batman comics and the Batman TV show, uh, Aunt Harriet, who then showed up again in um uh Gotham Academy. Yeah. And I wasn't sure if the Harriet introduced here was supposed to be a young version of that Harriet, but it's not. Mm. It's a different Harriet. But that's a that's a name with some Batman history, so I thought maybe it was, but nope. Well, that brings us to our final issue of the week, which is Justice League versus the Legion of Superheroes, number one, written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Scott Godlewski. Vince, you had texted us that you had a soy face moment reading this, so I'm going to let you start this off. You know, you always do this where... What do I always I, do? I, I text... Okay, look, folks, this is what happens. This happens constantly. <laughs> I put something in the group DM. <laughs> Neither of these clowns respond to it <laughs> at all. <laughs> and then Brian brings it up on the show. Okay. I'm sorry. And I'm I, hosting the fucking show. I'm sorry. I'm trying to bring about conversation about these books. And then, and, and I either can't remember what I was even talking well, about. Whose fault is that? <laughs> or well the thing is the thing is if i had responded to that and started talking about the book with you which i didn't because i hadn't read it yet obviously same same. um brian would say save it for the show he would scold us for talking about it ahead of time right because because for some reason being prepared for this is some kind of uh how is that preparation All right. Well, I do remember what I was talking about, but I don't want anyone to get the impression that I like this comic or have ever or or have ever actually soy faced. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. As I've said before on this show, the only soy face we recognize (laughs) is a Dexter soy face. (laughs) No, but the thing that I wanted to talk to you guys about before we before we did this on the show was how this maybe has something to do with the great darkness that yeah, I mean, yeah but 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 what i wanted to hash out with you guys which i guess we'll do on the show i've been but saying like, that for months well that, yes. that see every, that, every time you dump on justice league incarnate okay maybe not every time but i've definitely brought it up at least once are are we sure this is actually going to be the same great darkness that it, it has to <laughs> so I think, I think it has to i, I think he's right i i kind of do think that too but then it is wild to me i don't know what dc is doing with their um oh absolutely uh, no not with at their, all with their press with their uh marketing because you would not have any idea that this has anything to do with anything else it's because they know only sickos like us care anything about the overarching narrative and 95% of buyers only care about the Batman comics, what's going on in the Batman books. No one cares about, uh, obviously some people care because people buy the books, but really no one cares. 
about the great darkness. I guess you're right, man. I get that's the only way to explain this because like. Also, DC's marketing is terrible. It is. Yeah, we can help with that for a nominal fee. We um, can. Yeah. I, I, w- I would say that it's not so much that their marketing is terrible in this regard. Look at I this just, guy try to save. No, 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 no. no. Here, We're going to lose our review copies or something. No. What I'm saying is I feel like. This is supposed to be a surprise. Like we're supposed to we're supposed to read this issue and be like, oh, shit, this connects. It's supposed to be a thing we're not supposed to know about. But but Bendis has been talking about it for months. I have. Yeah, but how, but yeah <laughs> I don't I don't follow Bendis on anything. Um, what I'm saying is DC is has it's really strange what's going on over there because they, they make it seem like Bendis has almost been left behind in the pre-Infinite Frontier <laughs> landscape, right? From a marketing perspective, I would say. From the way yes. that we are, from the way that we are used to having like DC and Marvel Comics um, sold to us, you know, this was all very much treated as if it were something separate, I would say. And it, you can say that like Bendis has been talking about it. And that's, of course, because he's writing it. But I'm saying like, I, I read this and I'm like, wait a minute. You're telling me that the thing that showed the thing that Darkseid is doing over in Williamson stuff, that's this. <laughs> to me, they feel like two different things, even though I know you guys are right and they're not. They, they are obviously well, connected. They do they, feel they like different feel, things. Absolutely. They do feel yes. like different things. Yeah. Yes. They yes. feel yeah. like completely different things. Yeah, for sure. That's what I'm. That's all I'm saying. I'm not. No, I'm not trying do. to make some grand proclamation. I'm just. Is that why? Is that what you soy faced about? Was just the great darkness being in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I didn't like this at all. Other than that. <laughs> um, um. Yeah, I wish this. Uh, I don't know. I really want to like Bendis's Legion. I think it, the the team has all is really cool i really like the um the art teams that have worked on bendis's legion it has a very like interesting and unique look and i feel like the godlewski art here is pretty well in line with like the work that sook did on the first volume but it's still I, I every like most of what Bendis has done at DC, I just feel like it's very slight. Um, except for when it's like mounds and mounds of essentially useless dialogue, <laughs> and then it's the opposite of slight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's the thing that I always say when I talk about Bendis these days, where uh, he can present the most important stakes uh, that are going on in the DCU right now, and they will feel incredibly minor and insignificant. Yeah, I'm yeah. not sure how I'm not sure how uh, important I'm supposed to feel that this is. 
when it could be yeah. the most important thing that's going on at DC right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, it's I, not, I, it's not, and that is not because of marketing. That's don't get me wrong. Yeah. That's a separate, that is the way that Bendis writes scripts, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. The way it's presented. And what One last thing too, is I, I, I like the way that the Legion characters interact, but I, I hate, the way the justice league characters interact and it's i think what has made his justice league run so unreadable for me so i really wish that like they weren't in this i wish it was just a legion thing yeah yes that is not wrong zach that's that's a that's a great observation there um what i was going to say about this was i i think i like this a little bit more than you did vince but not terribly much more i like that it's like one of the things that i think when we look back on the Bendis era of DC comics with a little bit of distance, I think the thing that's going to stand out the most to us is what he did with John Kent. And it's nice that this connects John Kent to both the justice league and the Legion, because as we've said, you know, super, uh, his father is off world right now. And if there was to be a Superman, in the justice league, it would be Jonathan Kent. Right. So I, I like that, that all of that is happening here. I like that the Gold Lantern character is getting built up a little bit because I always felt that was a real missed opportunity in Bendis' Legion run. That's such an interesting name. And obviously there's a lineage with lanterns and, you know, gold is a color we've never seen in the emotional spectrum before. So I, I feel like there's a lot there and I'm glad they're doing something with it. What what and- emotion is gold? Is it it's soy it's soy facing? <laughs> it's, it's, it's NFTs. It's that whole thing. It's that whole crypto thing. <laughs> Vince, I thought for sure you're gonna go with "I love gold." <laughs> Didn't want to alienate Zach for a third time on this show. So. Um, no, it is. It's it's crypto, bro. That's that's an emotion now. Uh, bored. It's boredom. It's bored. Apes. Boredom. <laughs> Jeff go. Johns could sell you that boredom is an emotion. Yes. <laughs> Apes are gone. Yeah. If willpower is an emotion, then, you know. <laughs> sure. So is boredom. Yeah. yeah, that 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 tracks for me. Uh, I'm interested to see how this connects, if it connects, to the Williamson stuff. You're telling me it will, so. I, I think it will. I'm just, I'm interested to see how how it does connect um, well the, the thing is it's pretty much all in williamson's court on whether on how much it connects you know and that's the interesting thing to me like i think bendis definitely thinks it connects but it does williamson think it connects is the important thing i think williamson does I, I think that he is the type of writer who wants it all to connect. I think you're probably right. I don't we'll know. See. What we shall see. Is this like, this is, uh, yeah, I don't think this is part of the trilogy or whatever. This is like a side, a side story. Correct. Yes. This is a, this is a side quest. Yeah. Justice League guide in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it for this week. Vince, what comes out next week? 
Um, hang on, I just gotta flip back. Um, Aquaman, the Becoming, number five. Batman, the Night. That's that Chip Zdarsky thing, right? Yep. Uh, number one, Batman uh, versus Big B, A Wolf in Gotham, number five. Black Manta, five. Blue and Gold, five. Catwoman, thirty-nine. Uh, Tech, ten forty-nine. Green Lantern, ten. Icon and Rocket, number five. Uh, Nightwing, eighty-eight. Newbie and the Amazons, four. Robin, three. Robin's. Suicide Squad. Robins. Robins, Robins three. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Suicide squad. King shark. Number five, Supergirl woman of tomorrow. Number seven, Superman, son of Kal-El. Number seven, wonder woman, seven eighty three. wonder woman evolution. Number three. Uh, well, before you get to those comics, you can find two thirds of us on Twitter. I am at Brian needs a nap. And I am at Walker Fox. Uh, Vince is, um, I'm not going to say the one. I had a really good Austin Powers one, but I don't want to defame Vince Vince by saying it. Um, Let me just say this. Uh, Vince is not a sailor. Do you get that reference? Yeah, I do. Vince is not a sailor. (laughs) Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you guys next time. Bye. Google it. In front of your wife.